You're listening to the Promise Church's message of the week. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. Well, we are so excited you guys are here. Amen. Uh, how many people are excited to be in church today? That was pitiful. Come on. How many are all of you excited to be in church this morning? Amen. For those of you who are watching, we're so glad you joined us. Before I, I, we get into what we're doing today, I want to celebrate something that the Lord has been doing. Uh, for about the last year or so, maybe 10 months, we've been doing a new believers group in Longview. And uh, this, this last Tuesday, there was about 42, 43 people in that new believers group. And uh, uh, Jeremy, here's Jeremy. Jeremy hates this very much but Jeremy would you stand for a moment it's just just do it just stand trust me so Jeremy about almost a year ago uh, started holding these gatherings in his house and uh, they've since grown out of space at the house and have moved it into a separate building and uh, Jeremy and Amanda have been just doing an amazing job leading the charge and plowing the ground in Longview and uh, I really felt this morning that we just needed to pray over them. So uh, if you're around them, if you guys would just lay hands on them, I, I want to pray over their family and over what God is doing in that city. So just extend your hands real quick. If you're watching, extend your hands to the TV. Jesus, we pray that you would cover the Lamb family. Father, I thank you for all the work that they are doing, plowing the difficult fallow ground of Longview and Kelso. Lord, I pray that you cover them with the blood of Jesus. You cover their families. You cover their children. You cover their marriage. And Lord, we ask for favor. We ask for increase and multiplication in Jesus' name. Father, we ask for salvations. We declare over the cities of Kelso and Longview that today is the day of salvation in Jesus' name. Today, right now, Father, and we ask that you surround him with people to continue to see these two cities, one for Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. I want to tell you that they are in desperate need for people to begin to help disciple those who are getting saved in Longview and Kelso. So if you have a desire and you have time, it doesn't cost your life to preach the gospel, but it will cost your life to disciple somebody. And you want to invite them to come over to your house and break bread with them and meet with them and meet them at a coffee shop and help them when they need help. I want you to go and find Jeremy after church today. I'd love for 20 to 30 to 40 people to go to him and say, I'm willing and ready to disciple somebody. Amen? Amen. We need some more people to disciple, right? Amen. So today... We're going to do something a little different. We are starting our second week of our worship series. Last week, Pastor Jonathan did such a good job. We were like, heck no, am I following that up? So we thought the three of us might be able to do as good of a job as he did last week. Uh, but we're going to have, uh, we're going to do a little uh, panel this morning. So Pastor Casey is our worship pastor here, a senior leader as well. And my wife, Pastor Tasha, is a senior leader as well. So we, we wanted to have them speak into worship. And uh, can we just real quick, if you are on the worship team uh can you just stand for a moment just there's a few of you yeah can we just thank them church come on we are so blessed to have the worship that we have here you guys are amazing and uh Casey and Tash have done such an amazing job leading that group and uh just helping helping really lead us as a church into the presence of the Lord amen Amen. Worship is not meant to just be church. Worship is not a service that you come to for an hour and a half or two hours on a Sunday morning. Um, but worship is your life. And Pastor Jonathan did such a great job last week about how we don't worship God to get something. 
right? Worship is not about you, amen? Worship is not about your preferences. It's not about your song selection. It's not about your style. It's not about your needs. Worship is simply about Jesus, and we worship him because he is holy. We worship him because he is worthy. We worship him because of his goodness, because of his love, because of what he did on the cross. We worship him because of who he is and not for what we can get. Worship is never, ever, ever about you. Amen. Worship is simply about Jesus, and it is a lifestyle. Romans 12 talks about how your life is meant to be a sacrifice, and that is true worship. True worship is your life presented as an offering to the Lord, that we're to have a worship lifestyle where every area of our life is giving glory to Jesus. And so, Casey, I'm just going to start with you. What, what does it look like to have a lifestyle of worship in our lives where our life, every area of our life, is an offering of praise to Jesus? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. Um, and when, when I hear that question, I actually think the, I go the opposite direction. I say, what causes us to not have a lifestyle of worship? And I think that the majority of the time, not having a lifestyle of worship is not, under, not having an understanding for the fear of the Lord. And when we have a fear of the Lord and we understand who he is, how can we help but worship him? And so, I guess, stepping all the way back, you know, and like, how do we create that, and how do we build that, and to, to gain that, and we did, a little while ago, a whole series and some, some amazing sermons on that I'd really encourage you guys to go back and listen to it, but um, it says this uh, in First Chronicles 16, 24 through 26, it says, uh, declare his glory among the nations, he is mar- his marvelous works among all people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all gods. For all gods of the people are worthless idols. And so for me, I'm like, how do I, how do I get beyond to understand, to have a reverence for the fear of God, you know, to live in that so I can have a lifestyle of worship? We live in America. It's so easy, right? We have so many easy things, so many fast things happening, and everything's at our fingertips, but like, we don't really truly know what it looks like to live in persecution, right? We're, we're in a pretty uh, uh, prosperous area. And so I, I know it's a fact. It's easier to worship God in persecution. It's way easier. And so the people that live in persecution, uh, they, have, they're, they're, they believe in God only. He's all they have, and so they live a lifestyle of worship. So how do we as a church do that? And I, my prayer is that this body would grow in a fear of the Lord. Um, Another, another thing for me is that, you know, how do we live a lifestyle of it? Uh, my favorite story on living a lifestyle of worship is a story that Jen Johnson tells. And she goes to her father-in-law, Bill, one day and says, um, oh, I just got to take off my mom hat and put my worship hat on. You know, it's been a crazy morning. You know, we don't know what that's like, right? We have no idea what crazy looks like. We aren't we busy, almost, are we? We almost killed one of our kids on the way to church this yeah. morning. We just almost so, threw him out of the car and said, enough, we're done. We're done. That's why we had extras. And so, um, but. Sorry, my daughter's here. <laughs> Baby, we love you. It wasn't you. It was the other ones. So, I, and I, I love what he said to her because she's like, I got to take my mom hat off and put my, my worship hat on. He said, why did your worship hat ever come off? Your worship hat does not come off. The other hats can change, but the worship hat cannot. And so for me, ever since I heard that, that's just like wrecked me. So so good. By the way, my wife looks amazing this morning. 
Dear Heavenly Father. Thanks, babe. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes so, we don't see each other until we get to church, so it's fun to be like, oh, that's what you put on today. It looks good. Looking good. Looks good. <laughs> we even keep matching. You look good too, Case. Casey, but not you look as awesome. Good. <laughs> you're, you're just coming into our life right now. You're welcome. So, babe, practically for you, what does that look like on a practical level as a mom, as a wife, uh, going throughout life? How do, you, how do you practically live a lifestyle of worship? For me, um, I, I just literally every morning we turn on worship music. We have either worship YouTube on our YouTube channel at home. It's literally just songs of worship playing. Or on our Spotify, we've created an amazing Spotify playlist. So there you go. If you guys need to know how to create something that's just literally full of the songs of worship that bring the presence of God, make one of those. So I have that playing all day. I could be playing a game with Charlie or Izzy. I could be driving around town with Kingsley, doing my normal mom things, you know. And it just fills me up. The presence of God, having that... Having, like, worship just going all the time is incredible. So um, one thing that someone has asked me before, they were like, well, what, what if I want to listen to my favorite, like, non-Christian music? What do you think about that? And for me, I think, like, whatever you're listening to is what's filling you up. That is what you're putting. You, don't, you might not even realize it, but your spirit is soaking up what is, being, what is around you. So what you are... Um, purposefully creating your atmosphere to be, that is what's going to fill you up. And in Colossians um, chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, it says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and now your life is hidden with Christ in God. So I want to set my mind on things, always on things above, and that's through worship music. The enemy is going to try to sneak his way in, in any way possible. And I feel like that could even be a small thing, like having non-Christian music going that you're not thinking about. And I don't want that. For me, I choose to just constantly fill myself up with the things of the Lord. And let's see here. Um, I love in the New Living Translation in Ephesians five fifteen through 20, it says, I can read it up there. It's so cool. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, did anybody go to Sunday school and they were like five years old and learn the song, Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. For the Father up above is listening in love. Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. So I love those little songs because just with your own little children, <laughs> you, can, you can teach your kids how to fill themselves up and how to know that God is always listening and he's always, he is in our lives and he wants to be a part of it. So just fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit day in and day out and what you fill yourself up with is going to come out of you. So that's my... We literally play worship all the time. We can handle about 60 seconds of a non-worship song. We're like, that ain't right. And then we just turn on worship music again. Because when you begin to stay in the presence of the Lord and then you all of a sudden like feel something that's outside of it, your spirit just goes in check. So I, like, 
I, I, I grew up playing jazz. I like other music outside of worship, but all I care about is being with Jesus. So you're not being judged or criticized if you like other types of music, but if I want to just stare at Jesus all day, I'm just going to listen to music that talks to him about, about him all day long. Um, one of the things that, if, if you've just joined our church in the last nine to 12 months, many of you have come up to me and been like, man, as soon as we came into church, we recognized something was different. There, there, we felt something. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like worship starting, you're like, I've never felt that before. That was the presence of God. Like we don't desire to come here just to play church, but we, we want to meet with Jesus. And, um, you know, there's, there's a phrase that's said about our church in town and, and around that we're the crazy church. Maybe you've heard this before. Maybe you came to like make fun of us and you encountered Jesus and you got saved. Uh, but we're, we're not called the crazy church because of what our building looks like or because of you know, different things we do. Generally, it's because of our worship. Because we are expressive in our worship. And many times people are like, why are you so expressive? Some of you even today were like, what the what? Why are you doing that? I can tell you two reasons why we do what we do in worship. One is because this is what the Bible says worship looks like. And number two is when I'm in the presence of God, I can't help it. Maybe you can, but I surrender to him and my body just does things that I wouldn't otherwise do. <laughs> Anybody else with me on that? You all are like, really? Is that, that's just you. Thank you. I'm not alone. There, worship, so there are nine expressions of worship in scripture. We're going to talk about them today. Nine different expressions of worship, more than just words on a screen. That there is a language you speak with your mouth, but there is also a language you speak with your body. There's a Bible that says, or a verse that says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. But what if you're mute? Like, what if you can't speak? See, there's a reason the scripture didn't say, let everything that can speak praise the Lord. Because you don't have to use words to praise God. You can use your body to praise him. I can use my feet. I can dance. I can raise my hands. I can shout. I can kneel. I can twirl. I can do a lot of things with my body to praise Jesus that doesn't have anything to do with my mouth saying words. The question is, what language is your body speaking when you're in worship? What is the language that your body is speaking? And I'm so thankful that the Bible tells us what the language of worship is in heaven of worship. Amen. Y'all are really scared. You're like, are they going to ask us to do this stuff? We do every week. It's your choice whether you do it or not. Today, we're going to show you what the Bible very, very clearly says about what worship looks like. And you get to choose whether you allow fear and pride and intimidation to hold you back from worshiping the way that my Bible, that your Bible says worship looks like. Last week, Anna, I don't know, if, is Anna here? She's on, there she is, she's doing cameras. You're a busy girl. Last week, Anna led worship and she sang one of the, one of the parts of worship in Spanish. Y'all were here? Remember that? It was amazing. Some of the best worship times I ever have is when I go to our Spanish service on Sundays and they just sing in a language I don't even know what they're saying, but I worship because I don't need to use my mouth to worship. I can worship him regardless of what language is being sung. And she sang last week. I didn't know what she was singing and I know the song and I'm trying to like say, the, what are the words? And I just gave up. I'm like, whatever. I just begin to lift my hands and worship Jesus because it's not just the words on the screen. But there is a body language of worship, and today we're going to look at what those nine expressions of worship are. So, Casey, you're going to start off, why don't you start off with the first, sorry, I got off my chair. 
Sorry, let me get back on here. Sorry, preaching there for a moment. What are the, why did you stop? Sorry. And now we can all just go home. We just, it yeah. was good. Why don't you start us off, Case? Go through a couple of these expressions. Yeah. Uh, really quick before I get there, I just want to say, in, in worship, to, for me to get these expressions of worship we're going to talk through, we need to first understand that when we walk into this room, we are not beginning a worship service. We are walking into a service, a worship service that has been going on since the beginning of time. That we walk in here and we join with all of heaven, with all of history, with everything that's taken place. So, really, really important. All right. Number one that we got is lifting hands. Come on. Lifting hands. Some of you might lift your hands to here. Some of you might lift your hands T-Rex to here. T-Rex hands. T-Rex hands. Some might just be the one-hander, you know, the, high, the Heisman. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Jeffrey. Um, so with that, uh, I want to read a couple of scriptures really fast. Psalm 63, uh, 4 says this. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift my hands. Psalms 134 says this. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Uh, it, 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 lifting hands is so amazing. It's, it's, so, it's, it's this surrender to God. It's this, this giving up to God. We're going to get to more of that later. Uh, the next one is shouts of joy. Come on. Anybody like to shout for the Lord? We, 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 <laughs> in this church, I love it. See, shouting does some amazing things. Shouting, shouting breaks the yoke. Shouting destroys chains. It, it brings freedom. There's something that happens when you shout, especially when you shout and declare the name of Jesus. Come on. There it is. And see, some of you have been wondering, why do we shout? Like you, we've, we've, we do this irregularly where we'll lift up a shout and, and there's some in this room where you're like, why the heck are we doing that? Like that seems so weird and against, against what feels comfortable. Write down all of those scripture references and go read them. This is why we lift up a shout of praise, shouts of joy. Come on. We're following what scripture says that worship looks like. Come on, anybody know the story of Jericho? Come on. They walked around the walls, right? Then they began to shout. But what's interesting is they shout, and then the trumpets played. And then by the music happening, it caused them to shout an even louder shout. And so it was this progression of praise happening. And all of a sudden, the walls went, and there's some really amazing teachings on the walls, not crumbling, but going down. And then they entered in and took the city. So, um... The next one is standing. Standing. There's engagement in worship. I, I've traveled a lot. Uh, we, we've been around and been to a lot of churches, and it's not uncommon to walk into a place where people do not stand in worship. It's not uncommon to walk into a place where people are not engaged. The first act, the first act of worship is to stand in the presence of the Lord. We walk in. It says this, um, we're going Old Testament. It says this in Exodus 33. Whenever the people saw the pillar 
of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent. They stood and worshipped at the entrance of the tent. When the presence of God is near, when the presence of God is here, tangible here, we can't help but stand. We can't help but rise to the occasion of, of his presence and worship him. I like to think of it, I've said them almost backwards, but I like to think standing and then lifting hands and then there comes the shout. So, Yeah, and see, some, I know some of you have often wondered why do we do what we do? Like when, we, when somebody comes up here to open up the service, intentionally they ask you to stand to your feet. Like, we want to be a church that's not just casual in our approach, but we intentionally are coming into the presence of the Lord. Everything we do here, we want it to be done with a purpose, and because we're following what the Bible says, how we enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. We come into the throne room and we stand. We give reverence to the Lord. This is, we're, we're following what Scripture says. So, babe, why don't you, babe. Stop. <laughs> Why don't you go through the next couple ones? All right. So I have, my first one is singing, which this one is one that most people, you would just, obviously, that seems very obvious, right? So Katie's going to throw up a bunch of scriptures up there. Again, just write these down. Go through, if you want to see some uh, verses in about singing, just go read the book of Psalms, 150 chapters. And there are so, so, so many about singing and all of this worship, all of these worship expressions are in there. Um, so highlight them, just meditate on those scriptures. But for us, um, Psalm 1, where am I at? Psalm 59, 16 was really big for us. Uh, I'm going to read it first, but I will sing of your strength in the morning. I will sing of your love for you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. When we walked through our journey of losing our son, Zion, uh, it's been five years now in February, we literally had worship music just blasting in, our, in the room there where we held our dead little baby and we were praying that God would bring him back to life. He was 37 weeks, so he was definitely like a five-pound baby ready to just be alive and, and join life with us. And... Um, that wasn't, that wasn't the plan. But through that time, we sang songs of love to God. We worshiped and we just cried out that God would answer our prayer. And that is what got us through that tragedy. And um, I know that if, if we hadn't been worshiping, if we'd been focused on like, oh my word, he needs to come back to life. Like, why did this happen? And not put our gaze on the Father Bitterness would have crept in, anger would have come in, resentment, frustration, like, God, why did this happen? This isn't fair. This isn't, this isn't from you, because God doesn't cause death. He desires that everyone would live, and he loves everybody, and it's just what happened. There's sin in the world, and these things happen, so we cannot blame God for this. But through the tragedy, we worshiped God, and we sang songs of love to God, no matter what was going on. It's easy to say it in the good times. It's easy to say, oh yeah, God is good. Let's sing a song. Come on, let's join in. But when you're going through the hard time, that is when it comes out, and that's when our true colors show, right? Um, my second one is dancing. I love dancing. Dancing is just something that literally is, I'm not a dancer. Like I can literally only go up and down. My husband told me this. He's a drummer. He's got rhythm. Oh, you off. Got, Sorry, babe. She's got moves though. <laughs> so I am grateful that when you are in the house of God, when you are dancing before the Lord, it doesn't matter what it looks like. You can just be the pogo stick down there on the front. You could be in your chair jumping up and down, and that's worshiping. That's dancing before the Lord. In 2 Samuel um, chapter 6, Jonathan's with me. Praise God. <laughs> 
In 2 Samuel chapter 6, David, they, uh, right before that, David um, and the Israelites had just defeated the Philistines. And he's, they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back. And he is dancing before the Lord. We all, if you've been in church for about a year or less, you've probably already heard this story. But he's dancing before the Lord in his undies, just out there, not caring, not caring what people are thinking about him. He is making a fool of himself. And his wife sees from afar and she despises him in her heart. And he comes to her and in verse 22, it says, His response was, I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. He did not care what his wife thought about him, let alone all of Israel. He wanted to please God, and he made a fool of himself in doing that. And that is one of my favorite things. I'm just like, God, I wanna, I just wanna worship you. I don't wanna care what people think about how I look in that. Um, My last one is clapping. I was reading about this and it was really cool how clapping was literally in the Bible days, like in the Old Testament, used to bring praise to God. Like in just, uh, I can't remember all the details right now, but I'm going to read this verse here for you. (laughs) Psalm 47, 1 through 5 says, clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. There it is again, shouting to God. How awesome is the Lord most high, the great king over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Clapping is another expression of worship to God. And just like David, I'm gonna do all of the expressions and not be not feel worried about it and not worry about what people are looking at me or thinking because God is the ultimate one that, that matters, right? All right. Come on. So number six is bowing. Bowing down to the Lord. Stop it. Leave, leave me alone. My math is just fine. Seven. <laughs> Psalms, Psalms 95, six says this, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Revelations 4, 10 through 11 says the 24 elders fall down before him. This is what's happening in heaven right now who sits on the throne and worship him, who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. In heaven right now are the 24 elders. All of heaven is bowing down before the throne of our king, worshiping the Lord. When I gotta tell you, one of the things I do, if you worship next to me, you'll see this. I can't help it. When, when the spirit of God comes in the room, I just have to kneel. It's like if a dignitary came into the room, what, what do people do? They stand up, they show respect, and generally they bow to show honor. For me, when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords comes into the room, I just gotta kneel down and worship. I exalt him, I make myself low, and I say, God, this is all about you, it is not about me. To me, bowing is one of my favorite aspects of worship. Uh, number eight, hello, number eight is speaking. Praise God for those of us who cannot sing. Speaking is just good. Psalms 145.21 says, My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. If you can't carry a tune, that's okay. God doesn't ma- It doesn't matter to the Lord. He just wants you to speak or sing. Amen. S- some of you are nudging the person next to you like, Hey, it's okay. It doesn't matter that you suck. It's all right. God still loves you. Jonathan and I, there's hope. God loves us. He loves our, our, he loves our voices. Sound of joy, noises. Number nine, musical instruments. 
Psalms 150, verse 3 says, Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and the dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals and loud drums and loud snares and loud bass drums and with resounding cymbals. Praise the Lord. Second Chronicles 29 says this. This is one of my favorite um, pictures of worship in the Bible. It says he stationed the Levites in the temple of the Lord with cymbals, harps, and liars in the way prescribed by David. And you're wondering, why do we do what we do? Because we follow the ordinances of scripture. By the way, prescribed by David and Gad the king's seer and Nathan the prophet. This was commanded by the Lord through his prophets. So the Levites stood ready. Come on, all of our worshipers, be ready. Stand ready with David's instruments and the priests with their trumpets. Hezekiah gave the order to sacrifice the burnt offering on the altar. And as the offering began, singing to the Lord began also. As you begin to offer your life to the Lord, singing begins also, accompanied by trumpets and electric guitars and drums. And the whole assembly bowed in worship while the musicians played and the trumpet sounded. And all this continued until the sacrifice of the burnt offering was completed. When the offerings were finished, which took a long time, the king and everyone present with him knelt down, bowed down, and worshiped. The king and his officials ordered the Levites to praise the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the singer. And they sang praises with gladness and bowed down in worship. This is what worship looks like. What we do here is not a promised church thing. It is not a promised church style or an expression that is just our church or my expression or my brother's expression or our expression. This is not a promised church style. It is a biblical style of worship. That heaven worships with hands raised, knees bowed down, singing songs, shouts of joy. Heaven worships with these expressions, and we want to do what heaven is doing when it comes to worship. So you may be asking, why do they ask me to lift my hands? Because heaven is doing it. Why do they ask me to, to kneel down? Because heaven is doing it. There is a body language. Which is your language? What language is this saying? If you're in worship and you're just like... Phew. Hands crossed, hands in the pockets. What language is that saying? Disinterested, dishonor, lack of reverence, lack of fear of the Lord. I'm being very, very blunt here. This is why we ask you that your body worship with your mouth. Why? Because this is what heaven says worship looks like. This is worship. So why do we not do that? That's the question, right? Why do we not worship this way? So Casey, let me start with you. What, what are some of the reasons why we hold ourselves back when it comes to these types of expressions in our worship? And worship team, if you're here, if you can come up to the stage. I think one of the biggest, one of the first things that comes to my mind is style, like you were talking about, and, uh, and the things happening around us. I'm distracted by the lights and the praise haze, you know, like all the stuff is around. But the reality is this, is that if we look back, if we look back on history, the lights are just a modern take on the organ, which was a modern take on candles. And all they, were do, all they were for is to take us into a place where we take our eyes off our situation here and be able to hone us into the presence of God. And so as, as we grow you know, through time, it just looks a little different. And so we have to understand and get away from the ideas of distractions and, oh, I don't like it. A lot of times people come in and say, oh, it's too loud. It's too loud. 
Well, guess what? Pastor Aaron read Psalms 150, and I would like to expand on that really fast. You ready? Psalms 50. In the NIV, it says, praise him with the clash of cymbals. In the ESV, praise him with, the, with sounding cymbals. In the Passion, praise him with drums and dancing. Praise him with the loud, resounding clash of cymbals. In the King James, praise him upon loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Sounds like multiple drums to me. I was going to read the Hawaiian version for you, but I won't. It's really cool, though, and you should look it up. Um, another thing that I really feel that holds people back is religious spirit, and you hit it. It's called pride. Um, and specifically, can we, since Pastor Aaron's being super frank, I'm going to be super frank. It's the guys. It's men. Pastor Jonathan hit it last week so well, I was so excited. Because for some reason, I see a trend that it's easier for women to come in and feel the Holy Spirit and surrender to it. But the guys have a hard time doing it. Now listen, if it doesn't cost you something, it's not worship. If your pride doesn't die, is it really worship? If it isn't extravagant, is it worship? Let's just be real. I can come in and watch people because I'm not judging you, but I just see all of you every week from the stage. It's amazing. And, but the reality is I can watch in. I can see someone who has surrendered, who has laid it down, and it's cost them something. And I know when it's real. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can tell. You can feel it. So worship has to cost you something. Um, then the last one that I really thought about was uh, insecurity and fear. And for me... It just comes down to read your scripture. Because if you read your scripture, you'll recognize he's drawing you in. And, it doesn't, and you don't have to be afraid. In Psalms 95, it says come three times. All right, we wake up in the morning. The morning isn't going as good as we like it to go. We're not ready to enter into worship. That's why he says come, 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 and then you worship. He's drawing you in, and then you worship. And so, I, I, yeah, man, I, I, really, I really feel if we can get rid of the, 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 the fear of the lights and, and the fear of the sound and the insecurity of not knowing how to enter in and to hear the voice of God, that he's calling you and drawing you, it'll bring a lot of freedom. Yeah, one thing that I've loved about Tash is she, I've, I've probably worshiped with her now for about 18, 19 years, and there's something when she worships, she just like closes her eyes and there's no one else in the room. Um, she... When she worships, you can just feel this purity that it's, it's not for any of If none of you were in this room, she would still worship the way that she is at that moment. And uh, I admire that so much about you. So uh, let me ask you, how, just real quick, how do you put off those distractions? How do you not allow what's happening around you, whether it's kids, whether it's people watching, whether it's the song, how do you not allow that to distract you from just giving God all of your, all of your worship? Uh, I think back to probably when this started for me, when, when you start noticing that people are noticing you, I was, you know, probably 13, 14 years old or so. And I remember standing down in the front. This wasn't at this church. It was at my dad's church, but down in the front, the youth group, like we always stood up there together. We always worship together. My hands are raised. We're singing, draw me close, such an amazing worship song. And I'm just pouring my heart, my heart out to God. I'm singing harmony, like as loud as I can. And after the song, I get a tap on my shoulder and I, I like come back to reality and I look behind me and Alicia, my friend was like, 
man, I was looking everywhere for you because I thought you were on the, up on the worship team. You were singing so loud, like I could hear all of your harmony notes. And I was like, it kind of like, I, I didn't even think about what the fact that people around me could hear that I was just like pouring everything out to God. And in that moment, I was like, God, again, that, that scripture about David making a fool of himself. I'm like, I don't ever want to care what somebody else is going to think of me I want to worship you no matter what, no matter if they hear every harmony note, no matter if I'm bawling my eyes out. Guys, I got here this morning and I went up into the worship. <laughs> we, we pray up here before uh, church pre- pre-service prayer. And I just literally started bawling my eyes out. And I was like, why did I even put makeup on this morning? Like there was no need. I come into the presence of God. And when the tangible presence of God is there, you will melt. You will fall apart. If you are in tune with the Holy Spirit, if you don't even know what that feels like, then I encourage you, go to that place. Begin to seek God and say, God, how can I get there? How can I live a life of worship for you? Because I want to experience that. There is nothing like it. And that's why when I'm either on the stage or on the floor, like I I will just dance. I will cry. I will have snot everywhere. And I don't care because I want to know more of God. So I encourage you guys with that this morning to just don't care. Close your eyes if you need to. Come on. Why don't you guys stand with us? Maybe you're here today and you're like, well, that's just not my personality. My personality is not to be expressive. I I didn't see any scripture that we read that was like, well, if you don't feel like that's you, then you can exclude yourself from this portion of scripture. Y'all hear me? I didn't read anything in scripture that said, if you're an introvert, then you can exclude yourself. But when I'm standing before Jesus, I will look like a fool for you. I, don't, I will lose my dignity for you. I will, I will look foolish for you. Uh, it doesn't matter. I just want to give you all of the honor and praise. My worship is not so you will look at me. My worship is so that you will see Jesus. And this morning, we want to give you a chance Can you put those back up there, Katie? That last slide that had all nine of those. Lifting of hands, shouts of joy, standing, singing, dancing, clapping, bowing, speaking. Don't play any musical instruments. They'll do it for you. For some of you, maybe you've never done some of these. You've you've literally only stood. Maybe you've sang. Maybe you've never lifted your hands. Maybe you've never bowed down before the Lord. You've never danced. And you're like, I, I, I can't do that. It feels uncomfortable and awkward, but yet you'll do it with your kids or you'll do it at a sporting event or you'll do it in other places. So it's not the activity that's actually weird for you. It's that you would do it in the presence of the Lord and in church. And what we showed you today was that is what worship looks That worship looks like all of those things. And this morning, Jesus is here. The King of Kings is in the room and we get the privilege to worship him. Amen. Oh my Lord, we get the privilege. Are you guys awake this morning? I know that your heart has been racing and beating like, oh dear God, please don't let him go into worship after this so we don't have to do some of those things. Like you probably have been interceding this whole time. Like don't let him do a dancing song, please. I will not dance. Your freedom oftentimes comes through your worship and you getting past the insecurities and the pride that you have. That's a great word, Pastor. Thank you. I, I don't mind challenging you. I'm calling you up today, church. It's time to come up. We have a very expressive church, but I'm calling you to go from glory to glory to glory. So for about the next 10 minutes, 
we're just going to worship Jesus. I would invite you to not think for one minute about what the person next to you is thinking. They're only thinking about themselves anyways. They're not thinking about you. If you've never come forward before, I invite you right now to even just come out of your seat and come up to the front. Just to kind of get out of your own little aisle, to get out of your own chair, to get out of the comfort. You can come up, youth, you can come up. You don't have to stand on the side. We'll wait. If you want to come up, come up. Even if you just want to get out of your island, move off to the side. Just be away. Sometimes my wife and I got to like get out away from each other just so that we don't feel like I'm going to punch her in the face. You can bring the house lights down just a little bit. And I want everybody in this room, I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. Come on, we just read the lifting of hands. Lift your hands to heaven. And before we even begin, I want you in your own words, with your own mouth, I want you to begin just to give worship to Jesus. You're not singing the words on the screen. You're singing the words in your heart. Begin to tell Him you love Him. Begin to tell Him you're here just for Him. Begin to tell Him, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. God, I just want you. God, I didn't come here to receive something. I didn't come here for you to do something. I came here to meet with you. So Holy Spirit, come and have your way this morning. God, you are worthy of all of our praise. You are worthy of my life. You are worthy of my adoration and my worship. You alone, Jesus. You alone, Jesus. You alone, Jesus. The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. How great you are. How magnificent you are. And now on the count of three, We're going to lift up a shout of praise. We're going to break out of the uncomfort. We're going to break out of what feels normal. And we're going to lift up a shout of praise to the Lord. And we're going to begin to sing praises to Jesus. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three.
this is the part where now you worship in your own your own your own love for the lord let it just begin to spill out not words that somebody else wrote but the words in your own heart begin just to lift your voice begin to lift your heart to the lord begin to love on him begin to thank him for his kindness begin to thank him for his grace begin to thank him for his forgiveness worthy are you jesus worthy are you jesus Don't stop, don't stop. Come on, we're so quick just to move on. Keep it going, keep it going. Come on, just begin to pray out in the Spirit. If you don't even know what to say, just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Begin to offer praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.
spirit in me, break it in your own words. Just take authority. Every religious spirit, every spirit of fear, every spirit of pride, I take authority over you. You are not welcome into my life. Leave in Jesus' name. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over every single person here that they would have freedom in their life, freedom to worship you, freedom to love upon you, freedom to give their life to you. May we never be a church that allows intimidation, fear, pride, insecurity, religion to hold us back from worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. Can we just thank the Lord for a minute? Can we thank Him? Can we love upon Him?